The title of my uh, message today is More Than Enough. <laughs> More Than Enough. Um, whenever we you ever have a meal that was too much to eat? <laughs> yeah, never. No, never had one of those. <laughs> no. Do you ever have, um, some, you know, uh, too far to travel, uh, too, too, you know, too much, uh, too much snow, more than enough snow than we need, or rain. Well, more than enough has the connotation that we really don't need the extras, okay? We really don't need the extras. And, and I, I think sometimes that we limit what we expect from God because he might give us too much, and then we'd appear to be greedy. Then we'd appear to... Um, Oh, be selfish or something like that, that or, or better than something else or someone else. But as we, as we think about some of the miracles that Jesus performed and what he did, he often did them more than enough. He often was able to work in people's lives and situations to a greater amount than what they were thinking. And sometimes I, 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 I don't know, maybe you don't, but I think, well, you know, you don't want to ask for too much now because people, you know, you're a preacher and you know what people say, you know. And we go through this routine of what others might say, what others might do, and you know, all that kind of stuff that we need to just let dismiss it. Because God is doing more than enough, and if God gives you more than enough, it's not just for you to bank, it's for you to distribute. <laughs> so the idea is that when God blesses us, that the blessing that he gives to our life is so that we can be receivers of it, use it, allow it to flow through us, and the excess, you know, God says that he'll give back to us good measure, pressed down and running, to, running over. So we don't mind the pressed down and full, but we don't, you know, God, don't give me the running over. That's just too much, you know. I didn't, well, God, if it's running over, you have a purpose for it. <laughs> you know, we need to look beyond what we see and what we think is the limitation that God has upon our lives. Now, if there were no boundaries, no limits to God's blessing on our life, how blessed would we be? If there were no limits to what God was going to do in our life, how blessed would we be? And then what would we do with the excess? So if we think, well, we'll just build, build, we'll build bigger barns, then we're a fool. <laughs> you know, like the fool who said, you know, what am I going to do with all this crop? Well, I know what I'll do. I'll just tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Well, that's not what God has in mind for us to deal with our abundant and our more than enough. Now, uh, I know we've used this, talked about this a couple of times in the last few months, about feeding the 5,000. And it, it is one of those miracles that just kind of, in each of the Gospels, it's written. And, all this, and I think it, it has its value, its importance, over and over again, because the disciples, they were first-hand people dealing with something that became more than enough. Now, we know that uh, Jesus, when he saw that large crowd had arrived, he said to Philip, where can we buy bread to feed these people? So basically, he looks at what he sees and says, okay, what's, what?" How are we going to get this done? So whenever we look at our life, 
or look at difficulties, look at budgets, look at income versus expenses. When we look at, you know, what we're going, you know, what <laughs> the empty closet and the need that is there, we start looking at this and we, get, we ask ourselves the question, how are we going to do this? Well, Simon Peter, uh, excuse me, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, he said he, got, he found the solution. He found the boy with five flat pancakes and two sardines. And I did preach on that once a long time ago. I had five flat pancakes and two sardines. People didn't like the smell because I put them in bags. So, <laughs> but, um, so we look at this and we find that Jesus often takes what we have. He often takes what we have, what we look at and what we consider not enough. Okay? What is it that we look at in our life and say, you know, it just doesn't do it. It just doesn't cut it. Well, in this case, they had the disciples are gathered around and they're all brainstorming as to how we're going to take care of this. And of course, they come up with the kids' lunch and Jesus blesses it and Jesus, um, you know, breaks it and, and, you know, gives each of them have a basket. So you got five flat pancakes and two sardines. How many times can you break that? <laughs> well, he broke it enough times to fit all 12 baskets and then he gave. You know, I had the people all setting down in groups so that they would be orderly fed. But the idea is that they could see the, enormous, the enormity of the miracle. Because there was 5,000 men plus women and children, and these disciples are able to walk through the groupings and put it out and give it to everyone. And then Jesus says, go back and pick up the scraps. Now, Everybody has their fill, and they go back, and they come up with what? Twelve more baskets full. They had more than enough. So whenever we are looking at um, our lives, looking at Christmas, looking at expenses, looking at things, we need to look at that God is, God is the God of more than enough. So it isn't like, well, you know, I'm going to go out and charge a whole bunch and God will, God will make it good. No, that's not what I said, you know. Uh, that's not what I'm meaning, you know. You know when that's not the whole purpose behind this. The, I, the purpose behind this is that we need to see how God is a miracle-working God and how that he is still our creator and he is still our restorer. So if God is our creator and that he, he's the one who spoke the worlds into existence, then he is able to speak to what we have and make it go further. How many like good deals? How many shop for bargains? How many ever let your bargains expire? <laughs> God's bargains don't expire. <laughs> and I think that God is able to give to us, you know, Things draw things to our attention, help us to be where we need to be. The, the, the flyer that needs to be read that takes the money and we're able to buy things at a lesser price and, and all that because God is a God who is able to bless us. And it isn't that we're going to find a $100 bill lying on every street corner, um, buy a new purse and there's a $100 bill in it. No, I don't, you know, I, God can do that just like fishing and there's uh, enough to pay taxes in there. So in our life, God is still the miracle worker. And if you felt like you've wasted your years of life, huh, if you feel like you've wasted your years of life 
in the wrong, the wrong place, the wrong job, the wrong people, the wrong things, God will gather those years and restore them back to you. You see, the restoration that God has in place for us is that he is restoring to us what he intended us to be. And you know, our, our past is constantly trying to keep us from going forward. You know, I think, I think the devil really has to, has to um, temper what he does in our lives. Because if he gets us too upset, we're going to go to Jesus and we're going to ask for more power. We're going to ask for greater things. We're going because I can't handle this anymore. I can't make this happen anymore. And you got all these things going on. So we have to make up our mind that we are going to take the littlest thing to Jesus. We're going to take the littlest problem to him. We're going to take the most insignificant personal thing that we face and say, God, I need your help in this. Because if we keep doing that with the little insignificant things, we're going to take it to the bigger, the more expansive things in our lives. And God is going to work in our life. And you see, when we face these difficulties, it isn't... Sometimes, I, I, you know, it's, it's hard to understand. Okay? Life happens. I'm sorry. Life happens. There are difficulties. Sometimes we fall down the steps and sometimes we fall up them. <laughs> you know? Sometimes we, you know, slip on the ice and sometimes we go ice skating, you know? It's, it's, we don't know why it is the way it is. But we are, no matter what we are doing, no matter where we are at, it's in those places we need to just stop and thank God, thank God for being with us and helping us. You know, he will take those experiences that the enemy meant for your harm and turn them around for your good. That's why the devil has to be very sensitive. <laughs> sensitive. That's a new word for the devil. Uh, the devil has to be sensitive in how that he plots his schemes against you because if he does something too hard and too difficult, he knows where we're going to go. He's gonna, we're going to go to our knees. We're going to go to our Savior. We're going to go to our prayer, and we're going to ask. And you see, if you want to beat the devil and you want to beat the odds and you want to make things that are little and insignificant work and the big things that are totally out of proportion, we take them to God. Because God can take five flat pancakes and two sardines and he can feed a multitude. So if he can do that with the five flat pancakes and two sardines, what's he going to do with us? What's he going to do with the insignificant amount that we have? The pennies that we may say that we possess. How can I stretch my budget? How can I make this work? How many pennies do we have? Oh, God, this is all I have. But you see, when, we, when we're down to all we have, then we're down to our faith. <laughs> when we still have enough to go around, well, you know, we can make the budget, we can make the bills, we can still pay them. You know, we're going, oh, well, God, you know, God, you know. But whenever we don't have anything, we're like, oh, God, what am I going to do? So, again, I'm not saying don't go buy something till you have no pennies and you go, oh, God, look at this, I'm in need, you know. <laughs> no, that's not what it's about. It's about how the God is going to work in all things. God will never allow any experience 
to go by without being used. (laughs) That God will use any experience in our life. So you see, he can can launch us. (laughs) He can launch us. (laughs) Sometimes, uh, you know, I, I used to hunt with a bow and arrow, you know. And I had to recurve, not the recurve, not the new stuff, you know, and pull back. And I had the 50-pound bow. You had to hold it back and hold it back and hold it back. Well, well, you notice that when you're pulling it back, the further you pull it back, the harder it is and the further it's going to go. <laughs> and sometimes in our lives, we're being pulled back and back and back, and it's like we're stretched to our fullest extent. But, you know, going to go a long way and 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 we we focus on the hardness of the pool god is focusing on the greatness of the length where he's going to where we're going to go so god is at work in all things god of more he's the god of more than enough so whenever your children come or grandchildren or neighbors kids or whomever kids you got comes up and say you know i really like you and I think you're the best person in the world. And you say, what do you want for Christmas? <laughs> so, call on me. Psalm says, 50 verse 15. Call on me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you. And you shall honor and glorify me. Call upon me in the day of trouble. So here we are, five flat pancakes, two sardines and feeding 5,000. The problem is I have 5,000 people to feed. That's how many people's coming to lunch. <laughs> and all I got is five flat pancakes and two sardines. So we're in trouble. Look at what we have. God, God does not want us to deny. We are not a God, God is not a denier that we live in denial. God wants us to face the facts and realize he is greater than the facts. He is greater than the obstacles. The obstacles are there. God, God sometimes will remove them. But denial doesn't say that, you know, denial doesn't work. You can close your eyes and say there is no wall, but you're going to hit it. <laughs> you know, you're going to just walk straight back the aisle and there's no wall, there's no wall, there's no wall. Guess what? There's a wall. <laughs> and you're going to find it. So in our lives, God isn't telling us to, to pretend like it doesn't exist. That we, we know that God is able to put a door in the wall. He's able to have us stop at the wall and turn left or right. God has a way of bringing it all together. You see, he will deliver you. He promises in his word that he is near to all those who call upon his name. That's very important. He is is near to those who call upon his name. God wants us to speak to him. And, And not just whenever things are going bad, but he wants us to be to speak with him, to talk with him, to discuss our difficulties, to thank him for how he has brought us through the past and thank him where he's, that we are not alone in this and that he's going to take us through this. No matter what we are going through, we have confidence in knowing that God is working behind the scenes and he's working on our behalf. God is at work behind the scenes. You know, God is at work in all things. And so here we have that he has promised that he's going to deliver us. He's promised that he's going to see us through. He's promised that we are in the, in, in the palm of his hands and nothing can ever separate us from him. That nothing can come between us. 
In other words, you don't have to wait until everything is perfect to say, wow, God has worked this out. <laughs> no, we can, th- we can start thanking God now that he's going to work it out and we're right in the middle of the trial. God is going to work this out. What does that do? It gives us peace in the midst of the storm. We were like, God, take the storm away. No, you're in the storm. Give thanks in the middle of the storm knowing that God is going to see us through. In John chapter 2, verse 1, this is the wedding in Cana. Three days later, there was a wedding in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. Jesus and his disciples were guests also. Now, you've got to understand that this wasn't an hour and a half uh, wedding reception at the uh, Hilton. <laughs> you know, this is a week-long celebration. <coughs> this is a week-long celebration in which everybody in town is invited. And it takes a great deal of planning. It takes a great deal of effort. And that if you fail in the planning, you are remembered for the rest of your life as the wedding that ran out of wine. Now, we would say, big deal, right? But, you know, people in that setting didn't forget. Your, your marriage, you, I remember your marriage, you got married whenever things were this, and you ran out of wine, and we all were mad because you didn't have enough, and you ran out of cookies. You know, you didn't have enough cookies to go around. Do you know that's just a Western Pennsylvania thing, don't you? Cookies at weddings. Yeah, we went to uh, Missouri where David and Jenny got married, and we told Jenny's mom about, do you need us to bring cookies? She says, cookies? She says, yeah, we, ha- we always have cookies. She says, oh, okay, yeah, we'll take care of it, we'll take care of it. So when we got to the hotel, all the people from Western Pennsylvania had a plate of cookies in their room. <laughs> you know? It's not what we meant. You know, we had cookies at the reception. Well, you can bring them to the reception if you like. You know, no, 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 that's not what we meant. You know, they didn't have holushki. They didn't have, you know, none of that stuff. You know, I don't understand it. The polkas, you know, nothing. There was none of that going on out there. I don't know where these people are coming from. They're the wrong planet. (laughs) You know, you go to the cookie table and, and, you know, you look at it and people are coming, bags and boxes and everything. This isn't enough. And then after it's gone, then they bring out more and they bring out more. It's like, oh my gosh, they got more than enough cookies. They didn't run out of cookies. They had more than enough cookies at their wedding. Well, at this wedding, they had run out of, they had run out of wine. Now, when they started, when they started running out on wine uh, at the wedding banquet, Jesus' mother told him, there's just, there's just, they're, they're just about out of wine. And Jesus said, I, is that any of our business, mother, yours or mine? This isn't my time. Don't push me. This is one of the most misunderstood or not un- misunderstood, don't have, don't have a foggiest notion solidly as to what it means. Okay? We don't, I don't have, we don't have a foggiest notion to what this means. Now, one of the things I was interested in reading, it said that, um, when Mary went to Jesus and said, they're out of wine. Now, Jesus is the oldest son, of course, and uh, Joseph is dead, and Mary was relying on Jesus to always fix things. So, whether she is pushing him 
I don't think she's pushing, pushing him in the idea of trying to have a miracle. She's trying to get him to find a solution. To, you know, maybe you know somebody that, you know, a winery or somewhere, somewhere you can go buy the wine and bring it in here for this couple. And, and Jesus now, um, and the other, the other thing, and I don't, I don't necessarily go on with this one either. It said that, well, this was the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. That the three, you know, his initiation, as it were, into his three years. He's got three years now to begin the ministry and to teach and to preach and to do the miracles and whatever. And the whole part of that uh, divine son coming on here and fulfilling ministry was, was pressure. And he said, don't bother me. I don't think that's it either. So um, we don't really know for sure. Um, so maybe Mary was looking for a natural solution but Jesus is saying here, it's not my time yet. But maybe we flip that around a little bit and say, are we like Mary? That we need something in our lives and we want somebody to meet that need in a very natural way. You know, can you lend me a hundred bucks? <laughs> can you, can you can I borrow this from you can I borrow that from you we're looking for a natural way and you know we feel like maybe in our in our spirit or whatever that it's um, not just going to happen it's just not the right time but what happens here is that she went ahead and she told the servants you know whatever he tells you to do you do it so perhaps she's thinking we don't know (laughs) perhaps she's thinking Jesus is going to tell him go to such and such a place and pick up the wine and bring it here, you know, get so-and-so's cart, you know, go get the truck from the neighbors, you know, and go out to the, you know, the winery there and pick up a couple of kegs of whatever and bring it back. So maybe that's what, you know, she's thinking. But Jesus is, is, is not thinking that way. <laughs> he tells the servants that are there, he says, go fill all those pitchers up with water. <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but servants in those days had a big responsibility and they had to obey whatever they were told. But if it didn't go right, they were the fall guy. <laughs> so the servants, their, their head is on the line here because they are going to fill these jugs up with water and then they're going to pretend like they're wine and Jesus is going to tell them to go give it to the people in, at the front. The God of more than enough. He says, get all those jugs and fill them with water. And then he says, take it and give it to the people. Sometimes I think in our life that we need to recognize that God is at work in the everyday things to turn them into the miraculous as we go about our living. That we just can't sit around and do nothing, but we are actively involved in the filling of the water pitchers God, this isn't, going to, this isn't going to fool anybody. This is water. They have the wine, and there's no way that this is going to work. So in our lives, in this holiday season, what would be the first thing we would say, there is no way this is going to work? <laughs> Family, friends, job, whatever. There's just no way we're going to get this done. How many ladies have ever said that? there's no way we're going to get this done yeah so we find that we need to go to the lord in prayer and god i need your help to get this done 
And so we start the process. Well, we know that the water turned to wine and they, they, were, they were surprised at how great a quality it is. Then in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 10, Elijah, he got up and he went to Zarephath. And as he came to the entrance of the village, he met a woman, a widow, gathering firewood. And he asked her, please, would you bring me a little water in a jug? I need a drink. Well, she says, sure. Uh, she says, uh, as she went to get it, he called out, oh, oh, yeah, while you're going, uh, while you're at it, bring me something to eat. <laughs> you know? The typical preacher showing up, wants a drink of water, next thing you know, he wants a meal. He wants something to eat. Well, she said, I swear as surely as your God lives, I don't have so much as a biscuit. I have a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a bottle. You found me scratching together just enough firewood to make the last meal for my son and me. After we eat it, we'll die. That's the hard facts. We got nothing to eat, and I was just getting our last supper together, and you want me to feed you. <laughs> well, you see... What he does here is he speaks to her need. Often God looks at us and the things that come into our life are really the things that we need. <laughs> we need? We need to prepare our last meal and serve it to this guy? Well, we are giving of what we have, but not in grudge. Not, we're not doing the right thing for the wrong reasons. I'll feed it, but I'll... You know, I'll teach him never to ask something for me again. No, she, she looks at this and Elijah said to her, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry about a thing. You see, as we seemingly put together our last meal, we're worried. We're worried about this. What's going to happen? How's it going to happen? Worried about this. Worried about that. Martha, 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 thou art troubled about many things. <laughs> Remember Martha and Mary? All right, so he tell, she's worried. Don't worry about a thing. Go ahead and do what you've said. But first, <coughs> excuse me, but first make a small biscuit for me and bring it back here. Then go ahead and make a meal for, from what's left over for you and your son. Well, wait a minute. You can't add up, <laughs> Elijah. You can't add this stuff up. I got a handful and a little oil. It's going to make one biscuit. We're going to eat it and we're going to die and you're going to get it. You're going to get the oil and the biscuit and we're going to give it to you and we don't get anything to eat. <laughs> Elijah says, no, no, no. Make it for me and then make your own. You see, the jar of flour will not run out and the bottle of oil will not become empty before God sends rain on the land and ends this drought. Give to me what you have and I will take that which you have and multiply it to become more the God of more than enough. You see, she was confronted with the difficulty, just like the, the, the wine at the wedding feast, just like the feeding of the 5,000, that God is in this, in this place and we are called to look at our need and our need is we need more than this. So what are we going to do with this? We're going to hoard it or we're going to use it. 
By faith, now again, we have to understand the Spirit is going to move us, not the greedy spirit. You know, I just found the bargain. It must be the will of God. I'm going to go buy it, and I was going to be in debt for forever, but that's okay. I need it, and God told me to do it. <laughs> no. But, but, there are those times that God says, trust me in this. You know, You've got to trust me in this. And the God of more than enough, what happened? She and her boy ate until the famine finished. Then the, then the last one here is in 2 Kings chapter 4. This is Elisha, the next guy. We have Elijah and Elisha. Elisha is the, the second prophet here. One day a wife of a man from the, the guild of prophets called out to Elisha. So this is the guild of preachers. You know, they were the prophets going around and preaching. That her husband is dead. Her husband is dead. You will know, you well, you well know what a good man he was, devoted, devoted to God. And now the man to whom he was in debt is on his way to collect by taking my two children as slaves. Okay? So in those days, you didn't pay your debt. They, they took your kids. Now, don't any of you get any ideas. <laughs> That's how I can get rid of my kids. <laughs> That's how I can get rid of my husband or my wife. You know, I can do this. I can go in debt. Take them. It's fine by me. You can take the kids. You know, take the kids. Yeah. <laughs> take the kids. Well, Elisha says, I wonder how I can help. Oh, first of all, there's the question. There is always this, how can I help? Then the answer, tell me what you have. You see, God isn't saying that you're going to... Tell, just tell God what you have. What is it that I have? It isn't... It, it, so I, what I have kind of... Uh, what is it? It influences me. It gives me an idea of what I can get. Okay? So tell me what I have. Tell God what you have. God, this is it. I saw it, God. I don't, God. I don't, God. I don't have anymore. Well, here's what you do, said Elijah. Go up and down the streets and borrow jugs and bowls from all your neighbors and not just a few, all you can get. This is one of the few times in the Bible that the miracle, the greatness of the miracle is limited or expanded by the individual's efforts. Because she was to go get every jar she could get. If she got two jars, that was the miracle. If she got a hundred jars, that was the miracle. The prophet didn't say, go get two jars. The prophet says, go get everything you can, line it up here. Because she doesn't know what's going to happen. All she knows is she got a little bit of oil in this little jar, and it's all gone, and we're all, gonna, we're all dead here. So what do you have? Okay, now, prophet says, Take that jar, put it all in your house, lock your doors. <laughs> Don't allow people to come in and rob you of your miracle. <laughs> Sometimes we need to show people the door. Sometimes we need to keep the door locked. You know, we need, you know when it comes to our, our faith and our miracles and things, sometimes we just need to, we can't tell everybody what we think God's going to do in our life. It's just like Joseph telling his brothers, you know what, all you guys are going to bow down to me. Let me tell you what we're going to do to you. <laughs> and he sold him as a slave. But to not giving 
Every, don't give people the opportunity to destroy your miracle, burst your bubble, whatever you want to call it. We know here that in this setting, she got the, the jars, and what did the prophet say? Then come home, lock the door, you and your sons, pour oil into each container. When each is full, set it aside. More than enough. So the challenge is for us, it's Christmas. <laughs> okay. We had all of these great deals, great, sand, great things, QVC and all that other stuff. How many have bought from QVC this, this, this holiday season? Okay, uh, any others? <laughs> so, you know, we find that we got these great bargains, you know? <laughs> yeah, sure. But, uh, but the challenge is, like the feeding of the 5,000, the, the turning water into wine at the wedding, the... Um, Oil and the flour and the cruise of oil unfailing. God is a God of more than enough. So it isn't the bargain and it isn't that I can charge it and God's going to pay me back later. It's that God is going to take what I have and he's going to help me take it a lot further than what it should be. He's going to be able to take what I have and he's going to multiply it like planting seed. That's why we give him the offering. God is going to take what you've given and multiply it back to you. That's his promise, not mine. He's going to give it back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So the seed that you've planted in the offering, I'm not going to take another offering. Okay? As we said, he did all this to get another offering out of us. You know? <laughs> yeah? No, that's not it. It's already there. If you didn't put enough in, you're in trouble. No. <laughs> Forgive my story. So I'm, I'm, this is the conclusion, okay? I'm not beginning again. Um, what we've already given. You see, and I think that's all of our hearts. We've already given. God knows what our heart is. He doesn't have evil planned for us. He has provision planned for us. He's a God of more than enough. And as we are faithful to do what God has placed in our hands, he's going to multiply it and make it more. That's who he is. So don't sabotage what God wants to do in your life by, you know, God, all I got is one little cruise of oil. If you give me that much more, it'll be enough. <laughs> no, God, whatever I need, this is what I have. Bring it on because my neighbors need some. This person who, who filled up all the oil, she sold it. She sold it to pay off the indebtedness so her children would not be taken as slaves. And then she lived on the rest. You don't know how God is going to work it. He always does it a little different. But it's his divine provision in his plan for our life, and nothing is ever wasted. No experience is ever wasted. No years are ever wasted because today is the day we begin to live the rest of our life. And God will take what we've already been sown into our lives and the lives of others, and he's going to make a harvest out of it. And we continue to bless him and honor him and thank him for being with us in this little bit. Amen? Let's stand. Father, we are grateful. We thank you. You always hear us when we pray. 
God, you always understand our prayers. You understand our intentions, even when our words don't sound correct. God, you understand the intention of our heart. So God, here we are, open before you, our hearts exposed. God, take what we have. Bless it, break it, multiply it. God, continue to fill our lives over and over and over again that we might share it with those around us. Thank you, God. You do not turn us away, but you simply come in and ask us, what do you have? What do you need? You will bless it, multiply it, and it will be more than enough. Amen? More than enough. More than enough. He is the God of more than enough. (laughs) Amen? Amen. Amen.